Hi, friends. My name is Leah Case, and you're listening to the Virtue Podcast. So we just finished the book of James, which has been amazing going through this study together. Last week, Kathy covered the lesson on time to pray, and she mentioned Jesus Revolution 714, which is simply an invitation to join us in praying for revival in our nation. So just set a reminder on your phone for 7.14 a.m. or p.m. or both and pray with us. So I was really excited when I saw that our topic today is on prayer as well, which Kathy covered so thoroughly. So I'm just going to add a little P.S. and share with you three things I'm really glad someone told me about prayer. And the first one is this. Don't pray for an easy life. I know, you're probably thinking the same thing I did when I heard it. Why would I pray for a difficult life? But then I realized that really wasn't what they were suggesting. It was just more in response to that saying that God will never give you more than you can handle. You've heard that before, right? Uh, Yes, He will. In fact, you can be sure of it. Well, the entire statement was this. Don't pray for an easy life. Pray for strength to meet the task, which, of course, is what Paul described in 2 Corinthians 12 when God allowed that thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, to keep him humbly dependent on God's grace. As far as we know, Paul had that thorn to his dying day, and it never got easier. But God came through for Paul every single time, no matter how rough it got. I will gladly endure the insults and hardships and difficulties, Paul wrote, for when I am weak, the power of Christ can work through me. That's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And then later in Philippians, Paul said, I've learned to be content regardless of my circumstances. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, here's the secret, and don't miss this. Paul was content but he wasn't complacent, and there is a big difference. So, don't pray for an easy life. It's really good advice, and here's why. A complacent heart doesn't yearn for change or growth. A complacent heart doesn't search for answers or look for wisdom. A complacent heart, it doesn't examine its motives or confess its failures. A complacent heart rejects the strain that comes with bearing difficult situations or stubborn realities. A complacent heart never wonders if it's doing the right thing or going the right direction. So much better, like Paul, to say, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. Not that I'm already perfect, but I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. That's Philippians 3.12. We will never understand the power of His all-sufficient grace without first experiencing how weak we are in our own selves. You know, it's by grace you've been saved through faith, right? Not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, His poem, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to walk in. That's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So trust God to give you strength for whatever you need and lean into His grace. And in the meantime, let's remember we are all a work in progress. 
we're a poem God is still writing. Don't pray for an easy life. Strength doesn't come from finding a lake with no storms. It comes from having Jesus in the boat. Okay, a second thing I'm glad someone told me about prayer. Are you ready for this? Pray without ceasing really isn't as hard as it sounds. Okay, am I the only one who's ever read that verse and wondered how it's even possible to pray without ceasing? That's what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I looked it up in at least a dozen different translations, and you know what? They all say the same thing. I couldn't find a single translation that says, pray without ceasing unless you're really busy. But here's what I did learn about that phrase in a Greek dictionary. Without ceasing, this doesn't imply that we should neglect everything else we're supposed to do or always be saying a prayer aloud or silently in our mind. Obviously, that isn't what Paul meant. But without ceasing describes having a continual attitude of dependence on God. Well, what does that look like? Well, here's the first part. It starts with being habitually aware that whatever I'm doing, wherever I am, God's Spirit is right there with me. Sometimes I feel His presence. Sometimes I don't. But it's not about feelings, and He is always there. Think of it like your phone. Now, I know most of the time when we use the example of a phone to make a spiritual point, it's a negative illustration. But this time, it's a good object lesson for us. Okay, so lately my phone keeps dropping my Wi-Fi connection. I'll be right in the middle of doing something and a notice pops up. You've lost connection. So every few minutes, really every few minutes, I need to go into my setting and tap the network address to reconnect. Well, it turns out it's a bug from the last phone update, which is kind of annoying, but it makes a really good point. Prayer is communication with God, so think of unceasing prayer like the Wi-Fi of your heart is always connected to God. It's when the focus setting between you and God is never on do not disturb. You know how that is when you go to text a friend, but then you see their phone is on do not disturb. God never does that with us. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayer. 1 Peter 3.12 But what about on our end? Do we ever put our connection with God on Do Not Disturb? Years ago, one of my grandsons was having a really, really rough morning. So I said, let's just sit down right now and tell Jesus all about it. Well, he folded his little arms and said, I can't pray right now. I have too much traffic in my heart. Well, we all know what that's like, don't we? And that's when pray without ceasing is exactly what we need to hear. Keep the Wi-Fi of your heart connected to God. Don't silence notifications from the Holy Spirit. We never want to be in a frame of mind where we're unwilling to listen and respond to the Lord. You know, unceasing prayer is as much about listening as it is about talking. That's why being in God's Word every day is not optional. If I don't listen to God speak through His Word, how will I hear and recognize His voice when I pray? An unceasing prayer? Well, it's as much about answering God as it is about asking Him to answer me. 
We make our requests, and in the waiting for God's answer, there are questions we need to answer. Will you trust me? Do you believe I love you and do all things well? Are you willing to cooperate and let patience have its perfect work in you? Will you trust me with all your heart and not try to figure this one out on your own? These are questions God has for us. And by the way, have you ever noticed that most of the scripture we know by heart, those are verses we held on to while waiting for Him to answer prayer? How about Philippians 4, 6, and 7, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in every situation by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's a promise I recited over and over and over to my 20-something self, fervently praying for God's will in my life at that time. This verse was an anchor of faith for my prayers then, and it still is. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that He will give what we have asked for. Pray without ceasing also means to pray every time an opportunity presents itself. You know how often we tell someone, Oh, I'll pray for you, but why not right then? I have a dear friend who is particularly good at doing this without making a big deal about it. We can just be in the middle of a conversation. It's just a natural flow and how easily she slips into praying. Pray without ceasing also means never giving up when we can't see what God is doing. Let all that I am quietly wait before God. For my hope, it's in Him. That's Psalm 62, 5. Listen, no breath of true prayer is ever lost on God. In due time, He will answer far above and beyond all that we can ask or think. Pray without ceasing also means, well, quite simply, pray without ceasing means never ceasing to pray. You know, there will never come a time when we can say, okay, I really don't need to pray anymore. We're commanded to pray without ceasing. The answer and the fruit, that's up to God. But the faith and obedience to pray... That's up to us. Okay, one last thing I'm so glad someone told me about prayer. Your prayer isn't finished if there hasn't been praise. If prayer is only about giving God our lists of needs and requests, we've missed the most important part. When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, He gave them a model to follow. And it begins with recognizing who we're talking to, our Father in Heaven. And it finishes with praising Him. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, I'm not suggesting that there's a certain order that our prayers have to go in. But it occurs to me that when I tell the Lord all the needs and requests that I have for myself and for others, and then just go on my way leaving all the praiseworthy things unsaid, all the peace and confidence that I had while I was praying— is more likely to unravel. It's like when I'm knitting and I need to stop and do something else. I put a point protector on the tip of the needle to keep the stitches in place. 
Otherwise, if I just lay it down, when the loose end of the yarn gets pulled, and it always seems to, all the work starts to unravel. Listen, praise. Praise is that point protector for our prayers. So that when our all-about-me flesh starts pulling at all the loose ends of life, it can't unravel our faith or discourage us from praying at all. Praise? Praise expresses what's true about God and worships Him for who He is. Praise protects our heart and fixes our gaze back on Jesus, not just when we're praying, but all the time. The Bible tells us, pour out your heart to God, O people. He's a refuge for us. That's Psalm 62.8. Remember what our mama taught us? If you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. Well, that's really good advice for living with people, but it doesn't hold water with God. Prayer is where we go to pour out our heart to God, and He wants to hear it all. The hurts and the fears the disappointments, and all the questions. And that's quite a mix, and it can get messy, and we don't always choose the best words. And even when we do, God can still hear all the chaos in our heart, right? Again, we all have days like this. So it's comforting to know that it is absolutely biblical to bring it all to God. We learn this from the Psalms. A great theologian explained it this way. The Psalms provide for our emotions and feelings the same kind of guidance as the other scriptures provide for our faith and our actions. We see especially how David pours out honest-to-God prayers and doesn't hold back. He says what he feels and how he sees the situation. He tells God what he thinks. He tells God what he wants him to do with his enemies. He complains and he pleads and he cries but he also examines his own heart and reminds himself what's true about God, which always brings him back to praise that fixes his gaze on God. David needed those preach-to-yourself moments, and so do we. But listen, trouble and trials aren't the only things that can distract us from praying. The good things can, too. Every season of life comes with its own kind of busy. It's like we're in a relay race with ourselves. The 20s and 30s lap, it's a full-on sprint. By the 40s lap, we get a tailwind and have a longer stride, and we've learned to run smarter. The 50s lap, there's hurdles to leap. The 60s and 70s lap, well, the hurdles are higher, but the pace is strong and steady. The bell lap is the 80s-plus runner. She's the anchor, running that last lap with grace, carrying that baton across the finish line to win the race. Every season has its own kind of busy. Whatever leg of the race you're running right now, you've got this. Stay the course and let praise fill your lungs. Praise is what will keep our prayers strong and focused on Jesus, especially when life is pulling us in all different directions. Psalm 103.1 Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let everything within me bless His holy name. Everything? That includes our thoughts and feelings, 
our skills, our abilities, our dreams and our desires and our goals, all the good things that we pursue that bring us joy and bless others. On the outside, life is always going to be changing and tugging at us and insisting that we keep up. But on the inside, where God's Spirit lives in us, well, that's where all the power and peace is found. Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. David listed some of God's mercies. He pardons our iniquities. He heals our diseases. He redeems our life from the pit. He crowns us with loving kindness and compassion. He satisfies your years with good things. He renews our strength. Listen, every single one of us can compile our own list within that list that David made. These are the iniquities he parted me from. This is the disease that afflicted me. He has compassion on me here. These are the blessings that he's given me. Let's take time to remember, to sit down with God and go through the photo album of your heart from time to time and let the memories of God's mercies wash over you. It'll be healthy for your soul and it'll give you fresh energy for what's ahead. Let everything within me kneel down in worship and praise the Lord. Hmm. So these are a few of the things that I'm really glad someone took the time to tell me about prayer. Over the years, I found them to be so true and helpful. So I'm happy to pass them on to you, and I hope they'll help you. Don't pray for an easy life. Pray for strength to meet the task. Pray without ceasing. It simply means staying connected to God. He will never put you on Do Not Disturb. In prayer, it isn't finished if there hasn't been praise. That's what keeps us focused on Jesus. God bless you, girls. <laughs>